You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessing. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings healing and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody lift your hands wherever you are and then sing with me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The message that we're going to preach to you today, it's going to be very, very fitting. And I say that because, you know, a lot of people are experiencing fatigue right now. How many of you are experiencing fatigue? You're tired. And I'm not just talking about physical tiredness. Some are emotionally fatigued. Some are mentally fatigued. Like, for example, some of you might be experiencing what's called compassion fatigue. What is compassion fatigue? It means that you are tired of taking care, of being compassionate towards other people. And this is a real thing. For example, you might be taking care of a loved one for so long and now you are so worn out. I don't know if that's you. Some of you might be experiencing what's called donor's fatigue. Donor's fatigue is when you are so tired of giving left and right to different charities and you feel like your resources are getting depleted, your wallet is getting tired. Can you relate to that? I also heard this the other day that some of us were getting what we call caution fatigue. What is caution fatigue? You are tired of being cautious. You know, you're tired of having to worry if the doorknob in your office or the elevator button in your condo might be infected with this COVID-19. You are tired of being paranoid whenever a person behind you sneezes. You're tired of your elbow becoming so dark because that's the thing that you use to press all the outdoor buttons, right? <laughs> we are tired of living with so much caution. I mean, people are tired. That's why I said that this message is fitting because there are things that's happening inside of you that's causing you to worry nonstop. It's causing you to be afraid all the time. It might be causing you to be judgmental toward, uh, towards other people. That's why I pray that this message will encourage you to regularly check yourself from within. Here's our message for today, all right? Write this down. Check your heart. Check your heart. Anyway, let's begin. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. Okay, here we go. If you didn't bring your Bible, that's fine because we're going to flash the slides on the screen. Here it is. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. Now, as a student, how do you know when you are in real serious trouble? It's not when your advisor asks to speak with you after class, right? It's not when the school administrator gives you a warning, no. But it's when you get sent to the school principal. That's when you know that it's serious, right? You know that you're causing a stir within the organization when you now have the attention of the head office. Same thing with Jesus in this verse. The word about this guy named Jesus was finally getting around. How do we know? Because the top church leaders of Jerusalem has now started poking around, okay? And they said, they asked him, verse 2, Why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition 
for they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. Okay, IATF. If somebody from IATF is listening, here's the thing. Verse 2 might be your foundational verse. You know, wash your hands before eating. It's very good advice, okay? Especially in a time of pandemic. Every doctor who is listening to this message will, will testify that, you know, frequent hand washing is our first line of defense. But take note, okay? In ancient times, this accusation by the, by the Pharisees or the religious leaders had nothing to do with good hygiene. It had nothing to do to avoid spreading viruses. Actually, these ceremonial uh, washings were not commanded by scripture, but it was commanded by tradition. It was a tradition that was passed on to them by their elders. They had what they, what they called purity laws, okay? This law commanded them, like for example, that they could not touch a leper. You could not touch an impure person. You couldn't hang out with Gentiles, you know, non-believers. But guess what? That's what Jesus did all the time. Why? Listen to this. Because Jesus prioritized love more than the law. Sometimes, you know, our laws get in the way of loving people. I'm going to talk more about this, okay? Today, hand washing is a must. You know, it's not just a doctor's recommendation, but actually throughout history, hand washing has always been a, a, a bonus for survival. It's a plus for survival. Take, take instance, okay? This is a good trivia. In 14th century uh, Europe, millions of people were dying from a disease called the Black Plague. How many of you were already alive during that time? <laughs> Naturally, people were looking for somebody to blame, right? Guess who they blamed? The Jews. Why? Because the Jews were the only ones who weren't getting sick like the rest of the population. But little did they know that the reason why the Jews were not getting sick was because of their frequent hand-washing rituals. But because they did not know that, they killed thousands of Jews. In fact, in Strasbourg alone, 2,000 Jews were burned alive. And you see, my friends, this is evidence that racial oppression is not a new thing. Today, the world fights for Black Lives Matter or, or you know, the world fights against Asian hate. But these things are nothing new in history. I mean, racial discrimination has been around for centuries. It's a virus that we need to get rid of. What causes it? Ignorance, for one. Hate is also one, to name a few, all right? Ignorance and hate are two of the worst viruses of all time. But Jesus showed us that there is a vaccine for this. It's called love. It's called mercy. It's called humility. Okay, but here's the main issue. It wasn't actually an issue of hand washing. It was an issue of distorted priorities. The religious leaders made their law their God. So what happened? They forgot who their God really was and what God really stood for. This is the most common weakness of religious people. You know, we like to major in minor things. We, we, we like to make a big deal out of the small things. So what happens is that we major in minor things, but we forget the major things. We lose sight of what's really important and essential. That's why Jesus addresses this weakness by, by saying this, okay? In verse, verse 3, Jesus says this, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, 
you say that they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. What's happening here? When the disciples were accused of sinning by the religious leaders, Jesus flips the script by answering them with his own accusation. Jesus was like, why do you, by your traditions, the traditions that you have made, violate the direct commandments of God? This was a very strong response from Jesus because traditions can be good if the source is good. But how many of you know that there are some traditions that do more harm than good? And if there's anybody who would understand this, Filipinos would be those people. Filipinos understand this perfectly because we are so rich when it comes to traditions. We have so many traditions that, you know, some of them already border on superstition. For example, okay, how many of you know this tradition called Pagpag? Anybody know that? Have you ever heard of that, Pagpag? Filipinos believe that whenever you visited a person who died, you shouldn't go home directly after attending a wake. Why? Because the spirit of the dead that you visited will follow you home. So they advise you to stop by a different place. Why? So that you can dust off. That's the English of Pagpag. You can dust off the spirit of, the, of that person in that place. And you know what? If that were true, the most haunted place in the Philippines would not be the cemetery, but where would it be? In Starbucks. <laughs> because that's where everybody goes after a wake, right? To pang pang, to dust off. Okay, don't get me wrong. We have wonderful Filipino traditions that, that were passed on by our ancestors, like saying po or opo, or you know this, this tradition called pagmamano, where we take the hand of our grandparents as a sign of respect. That's a wonderful tradition. We also have a tradition called bayanihan, where we offer help as a community to complete random strangers. But you know what? We do have some traditions that are just downright weird, and sometimes they are more destructive than they are constructive. That's what Jesus was saying to the religious leaders. To paraphrase Jesus, he was like, you believe in God's command that you should honor your parents. But then when your parents need a little bit of financial help, your tradition says that it's okay for you to say, sorry, I can't help you because my money belongs to God. That doesn't make sense. Can I get an amen from the, par from the parents? It doesn't make sense. Jesus was warning them before and I believe that he's still warning us now. A, a custom is a good expression of our faith. But what's more important than the expression, of course, is the object of our faith. God is more important. Our customs should lead us closer to God and not farther from Him. That's why Jesus quotes the Old Testament in verse 7. He says this, it's, He says, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. This quote from Isaiah presents the real problem when it came to the religious leaders because they prioritized the law over love. They put tradition over God's revealed word. And you know what? This is still a persistent problem today. How many of you can say this, all right? Honestly, if somebody asked you to pray for them, Remember that last time that somebody asked you for prayers? Sometimes we're like, prayers up, praying for you, praying with you. 
but behind closed doors, we don't really do it. We're really not that sincere. Sometimes it's just rhetoric. It's just lip service. You say that you worship God and your actions might show it. Your Instagram posts might proclaim it, but your heart could be so far away from it. You see, you can fake your actions, but you can never fake your heart. You can't fake what you feel. Well, sometimes, you know, you can do it. You can try to fake it, but eventually it'll always catch up to you. That's why it's so important that you check your heart. Do a heart check from time to time. Ask yourself this question. Is my worship fake? Is my worship fake? Check your intentions. Check your motivations. Do I do things to bless or do I do it to impress? Do I do it for the Lord or do I do it to garner likes? Let me end by sharing with you this be beautiful prayer in Scripture. I want you to save this. I want you to put this on your feed. Make it a wallpaper, okay? Because this has helped me so much in my life whenever I feel unsure about my intentions. Psalm chapter 39, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We're going to close with that prayer. But I want you to bow down your head as we give a personal prayer right now. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing the word to leap from out of the pages and into our life. But we pray right now, Lord, that more than just the wisdom of understanding your word, we pray for the strength that will move us to obey, to follow, and be changed by your word. Speak, Jesus. Your servant, your child is listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, everybody, can I invite you to sing in honor of God's word? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I pray that the next few moments while we are together, God is going to use this message again to change you, inspire you, and bless you. And you know, I wish I could call out Brother Mo next as Many of you already know this, that he and his family contracted COVID recently. They are still recovering. So let's please continue to pray for all of them for their complete healing. And in case some of them are watching right now, feel free to send your well wishes. Get well soon, Team Sanchez. We love you and we miss you. Anyway, let's go back to our text, okay? We're talking about the importance of having a sincere heart. And so Jesus, he adds a little more color by explaining what he, he means by all of this, okay? So let's read verse 11. Jesus says this, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. And then fast forward all the way to verse 17. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. Let me explain. Remember that the Jews, they had a long list of food that they considered unclean. Pigs, crabs, shrimp, shellfish. Yeah, I know what some of you are thinking, but that's the good stuff, okay? I've often asked the Lord many times, why is it that the unhealthiest is always the tastiest? Lechon, gambas, buttered shrimps, garlic crabs. Am I making some of you hungry yet? The Jews believed that by eating these unclean food, it makes you unclean. But Jesus was explaining to them that eating these types of unclean food, it does not defile you. But what comes from your heart, that's what makes you unclean. He says that the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. I want you to know that there is an indelible connection between your words and your heart. 
That's why it's so important that you check your heart. But more importantly, you also need to check your words. Why? Because your words will reveal what's in your heart. But Brother Audi, whenever I'm praying to the Lord, you know, my words are very wholesome. It's not like I'm cursing God or anything. Okay, no, that's not what I mean. Because the words that you use when you're praying, you can easily fake that. Okay? You're nice when you're in the presence of God. The words that I'm talking about is what you use when you're not praying, when you're living. When you're not in front of God, that's when it's real. When you're talking to your spouse or your children, that's when it's real. When you're talking to your helper, for instance, that's when it's real. When you're talking to that Lala Move driver who doesn't understand your instructions again and again, that's when it's real. When you're talking to your internet provider because your Wi-Fi is down, that's when it's real. See, these are the moments when what's really in our heart flows from out of our mouth. Let me emphasize this point by sharing with you this story, okay? One day, a group of frogs were traveling in the woods when all of a sudden, two of those frogs fell into a very deep pit. And so the other frogs, they looked down into that big hole and saw how deep that pit was. And so they shouted to the two frogs below, that's so deep, it's impossible for you to get out of here. But the two frogs, they refused to listen. They ignored those comments and they tried to jump from out of that pit. But the group of frogs just kept telling them, give up, it's useless. You're just wasting your energy. Just accept your fate and die. One frog, he listened to what the other frogs were saying. And so what did he do? He fell and then he dropped dead. But the second frog, the second frog continued to jump and jump as hard as he could. And once again, the other frogs kept yelling, just stop and die like the other frog. But he kept on trying and trying. And lo and behold, he was able to reach the very top and then get out from that deep pit. And all by, by this time, all the other frogs were shocked. And they asked him, did you hear us? We told you to give up. And this frog, he just shook his head and he was just smiling. And then he says, I'm sorry. I can't understand what you're all yelling about. I'm deaf. But thank you so much for cheering me on. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this, that the tongue can bring death or life. You see, the tongue, it has no muscles, but the tongue is strong enough to break someone's heart. It's strong enough to break someone's spirit. Here's a quick tip. Before you utter a bad word, give yourself the gift of gap. Okay, the gift of gap. Stop for a moment and then breathe a little bit. It helps if you count from one to 10 or sometimes even a whole minute, depending on how mad you are, because the goal is to bring your temper down. You don't want to regret saying a hurtful word just because you're in a bad mood. Check your heart, my dear friend, because that's where your words come from. Remember this truth. Write this down. You will leak whatever is inside of you. So if your heart is bitter, guess what? Your words will become bitter. If your heart is joyful and happy, your words will become joyful and happy. James was saying this about our tongue. Sometimes our tongue praises our Lord and Father, but sometimes... It curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come out from the same mouth. And you know what? I have seen too many people live the trauma of being verbally assaulted and verbally, verbally violated by people, especially loved ones in their life. And I don't even have to look very far for an example. I was a victim of verbal assaults when I was growing up. I was called by many names, Bobo, Tanga, Inutil, Tamad, Walang Kwenta, Panget. But, you know, we all know that the last one isn't true. But 
more, none of them hurt more than when it was spoken by someone whom I love dearly. My dad, God bless his soul. My dad loved his family. He loved his children. But you know what? My dad did not know how to express his love. He wasn't very expressive as a parent. Sometimes parents are unexpressive. Why? Because that's how they were brought up. So please don't blame them entirely. Get to know them so that you will understand what they went through in life, okay? But don't get me wrong. My dad was an amazing father, but he wasn't perfect. I mean, no father is. Only God the Father is perfect. I'm not perfect as a dad. My dad particularly had a problem in expressing his emotions. And boy, did he have a temper. Just like the Incredible Hulk, you wouldn't want to be around when my dad was mad. But you know what I realized? When I became a father myself, I realized that I also had that same kind of temper. I can explode like a nuclear bomb when I'm angry. I'm capable of doing and saying the nastiest things when I'm in a terrible mood. And let me tell you this true story. I remember the very first time that I shouted at Ethan. He was barely one year old then, and I remember it like it was yesterday. See, it was just a few Decembers ago when I brought my family with me to the feast because it was gonna be the last feast of the year, hallelujah. It was gonna be a whole day affair of serving in the morning, serving in the afternoon, during the day, and then in the evening, we would attend our annual FBA Christmas party, okay? So imagine this, I was up 5.30 in the morning, as early as that, and by the time we got home at around 11 p.m., I was bone tired, I was dead to the world. But you know what, for some reason, parents will be able to relate to this. My son would not stop from crying. We did everything that we could to pacify him. And so while I was carrying here, here in this room, this very room, in my frustration, without any warning, I lost it. I shouted at the top of my lungs, shut up! My wife comes barging through the doors with this look of disbelief in her face and she snatches Ethan from my arms and she runs from out of the room and while I was there all alone for a few moments, you know, I felt horrible. It took me just a few moments to compose myself when, when, when I came out, they were outside. Ethan wasn't the only one crying because now my wife was also crying too. And so with all the humility that I had, I apologized to both of them and that was the first and the last time that I lost it like that. And I would, you know, have a few episodes from time to time, but it, was, it would be nothing as bad like that ever again. And I'm sharing this with all of you right now because I want you to know that this happens to the best of us. No one is exempted from this. Imagine in the morning, I was shouting praises to the Lord, but in the evening, I was shouting shut up to my son. And I'm glad that the Lord has been part of my life to humble me. He still humbles me now. He humbled me then, He's still humbling me now. It's only by His grace that I'm able to hold my temper sometimes. And I know I've got a long way to go. So I've got to keep reminding myself to be slow to anger, but also to be quick to apologize whenever I hurt people. Check your heart, my dear friend. Let your words build life and not destroy life. Let your words heal and not harm, not hurt. Ask the Lord to give you His heart, a heart that's humble, a heart that's selfless and gentle and repentant. And as we worship the Lord in a few moments, let God's love scrape off the evil that's been lodged in your spiritual arteries. Are you ready to pray? If you're ready to pray, I want you to bow down your heads in the presence of God and then let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this beautiful word. 
Father, we open our hearts to you so that you can do your spiritual surgery. Remove all the blockages and the hindrances that's causing us, Lord, to sin. And to remind us that we belong to you. We give you our hearts, Lord, whether even if it's broken, even if it's weak, we give you our whole heart, Lord. So have our heart, Jesus. Come and take over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcast.